Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, November the 24th in 2022 on When I Rise. For those in the United States, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, today we continue year A and like I mentioned yesterday, uh, Thanksgiving Day actually has its own solitary day in the Rise Common Lectionary. So there's some different uh, passages that we get to read on Thanksgiving Day. People attend worship. Um, those are a part of the worship service. And so since we're on Thursday and we like to do the New Testament letter passage, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party a morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Be glad in the Lord always. Again I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, all along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. For now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things, whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. This is a word of God for us. Along the way, somebody told me about this thing that's in our brains called the reticular activating system. It's the thing that helps you filter all the things that we take in and focus on the thing that we're trying to focus on, right? And so um, this happens a lot. A lot of times people talk about the reticular activating system. We talk about like when you buy a car, um, certain you know, make and model and color, you think, man, I, don't, I haven't seen too many of these around. But then after you're driving it and you're driving it on the road to and from work every day, you notice that there's a whole lot more of them on the road than you first remembered before. And it's just because because of your purchase and your inquiry of buying the car, like your brain began to fixate on what it was and then it begins to see it everywhere. Uh, sometimes the kids and I do this when we're driving around. We uh, keep counts of uh, red Toyota Priuses and man, there's a bunch of them out there. But, um, you know, if you didn't have that that practice of wanting to focus on that, giving your brain a task, um, all those red Priuses, all those items, whatever it is, they just blend into this the great multitude of everything else. Right. But when we give it a focus, uh, it begins to be brought more closely into our sharper vision. This is what happens in the life of faith, too, uh, whenever we have our life uh, centered on Christ, uh, things begin to become more clear about what we should do and what we should not do. Now, this is not saying that it removes all questions or all uh, gray areas, uh, but it certainly begins to reshape our lives. We see this at the very end of the book of Philippians. Uh, Paul planted this church in Philippi. It's an interesting place for a church to be in the first century. Uh, we don't suppose there was a lot of Jews uh, living in Philippi. There's at least a handful, because if you look at the story in the book of Acts, there is at least a, a place of prayer, and there is some sort of a, I don't know, a connection that uh, Paul and the rest had when they when they got there. But you'll notice, um, as I notice, that uh, when we read Philippians from beginning to end, there's no 
um, references to the Old Testament like there are in other letters that Paul writes. Uh, it's probably because the, the main recipients of this letter would have had no context uh, for the Old Testament text. And so Paul didn't want to waste his time trying to quote something and then you know, explain it and try to give them a reason to fixate on it. And so this is a, a brand new world, a brand new uh, missionary environment for Paul. We know that certain types of individuals are there. This is a place where military heroes would go to retirement. Um, It was situated a long way from Rome. So in case those soldiers got any bright ideas about using their talents in coming to Rome and using uh, those talents to take things by force, they would see them coming from a really far, you know, long ways away. And so uh, folks who were in the military, so they had a life of violence because that maybe had you know, certain trauma in their life. And so their life was shaped in a certain way. And then when they met Jesus, like they're being remade into someone else. But it probably had a host of questions, right? Like when you make this major shift in your life, like one pattern of life before, and then now you're trying to take on a brand new reality, there's a lot of questions. And so Paul is trying to stoke their focus. And he's trying to give it as broad as possible, but he's giving some different uh, kingdom contours to what life should look like. And so I have really admired this passage always. I just thought this is a good thing to memorize. It's a good way to come back to when you and I are doing an examine of our Christian life. It's, it's a good thing to help us to sketch out uh, what we should give our best efforts uh, towards. And if we need to adjust any values or habits in our life, we can come to this place because it's really clear from here. But I love how uh, Paul gives a new field of vision for the people of God here. Uh, he says, From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. And then he has another list. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Right. So these are the things that we focus on. So like imagine uh, with these things in mind, um, you could have like some different um, saved folders in Instagram, right? And so as you go through Instagram and if anything is true, like you could save it and put it into that collection. If anything is pure, you could save it into that collection, right? So you just go through and sift through the things that you see, right? Like things that your friends post or things uh, and the other accounts that you've come across, right? Um, there's like this neat little Instagram uh, handle called, I think, Good News Movement, where they post these heartwarming stories, right? And so you're tempted to like save those things and, and dwell on more because those things are true. Those things are pure. Those are things are praiseworthy, okay? These are the things that draws closer and closer to what kingdom life looks like. But then Paul says that uh, we need to start, he, the people of Philippi need to mimic their way of life. He says, practice these things. Whatever you have learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. And so he says, hey, whatever you see us doing, that's the Christian way. Now, Paul's not saying he is the absolute gold standard, uh, that he has no more room for improvement in his life, but he's definitely on the path of Jesus. Uh, he's been He's a seasoned believer. And so one of the ways in which we uh, grow in our faith, particularly initially in our young faith, is to take a look at a seasoned believer, someone that we admire that we would like to be like. And, and we cut through a lot of the discovery process of what we should do next by simply trying to follow them. In fact, mimicking is the main device that we see in the New Testament for people to grow in discipleship of Jesus, is to mimic those who are also following Jesus. Okay, And so this is something that helps keep people on the straight and narrow. 
But all this is wrapped in this idea of thankfulness, right? So if we go back to verse 4 on this Thanksgiving day, it says, Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment to all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. There's something happens in our minds, in the room around us, in the, that, the networks that we're in when we choose to be grateful and thankful. You ever been around a group of people that um, are nitpicky and uh, they're always bringing up things or like cutting each other down and or, you know, they're looking at the negative things to comment on in life. Uh, a lot of snark, uh, a lot of memes being passed that poke fun at people. And uh, there's like this heaviness that just lingers in a group of people like that. And the way that you change the atmosphere there is to be people of gratitude. Now, it doesn't have to be like obnoxious gratitude, but it could just be, you know, a a subtle gratitude. So um, I helped coach Ezra's uh, 12U travel hockey team, and I was given the chance because head coach was um, at his son's uh, band band recital and concert uh, to help lead the team one night. And um, sometimes um, they can, uh, you know, the guys can kind of get on one another. I mean, they're, 12 and 11 year old uh, kids and so they're kind of getting on one another uh, poking fun at each other so I just try to go around the room and fist bump them and just tell them something I thought they did really well there's a, a particular kid who is an excellent kid he's a great hockey player and uh, he's really good at practice like he's always um, trying to go the extra mile um, he helps pick up pucks whenever they're out of place um, he just does certain things he, like he has a knack for helping the practice move around and so as it would happen after practice was over, and he had a knot in his skates, couldn't get him untied. And so I got to sit there and help him untangle his laces. And while I was there, I just said, you know, hey, like, I really appreciate how you moved pucks. I really appreciate how you cheered on your teammates. I really appreciate how you got the drill done. And you, you the first time that you did it, you did it right. And it just seems like you have an awareness of what makes this team better. And I really appreciate that. And you could just tell like just washed over him. Like it was something that uh, was meaningful and I'm not doing that to pat my own back I'm like that's that's is human nature I think it was Mark Twain who said that he could live on a compliment for two weeks <laughs> and, and nothing else right so give thanks I mean give thanks in general for life but also give thanks to the people in our life and I think you and I have noticed that we'll be like rebuilding community and allowing redemption to flourish in our midst and so let's be people who practice gratitude and thankfulness today so with those things in mind spend some time praying to our God this morning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that we're being made new. And because of that, we see all of life differently. Uh, We see our relationships differently, finances differently, uh, what we do with our future and uh, how we redeem and reconcile and deal uh, with our past. And so we thank you that, Jesus, when you came in, you came in and you changed everything. And so we thank you for new life and for the hope that all that brings. God, we also confess to you that uh, this life is complicated. Sometimes it's hard to see uh, the vision of what it means to be. Uh, a redeemed human being in Christ uh, in a complicated day like ours. But we thank you that you've given us guides in front of us. You've given us Christ and you've given us leaders in the church, people who have walked the path of faith before us that we can learn from. And so we pray that we trust those guides. But we also thank you that you've given us new categories to begin to evaluate all things. And so we pray that we'd be adept and um, sharper in these areas that we can see the kingdom at work in our lives. God, deep in our hearts, we do pray for hearts of gratitude. We are grateful for grace. 
for it scooped us into your family when we didn't deserve to be here. But God, we also know that there's an opportunity to help reshape the world around us by being people full of gratitude. And so this day, I pray that you would stir us up and give us the grace of gratitude so that we can pass that grace on to others and help shape the hearts and minds of others around us. So God, be with us today on this Thanksgiving day. Allow gratitude uh, just to to be near us today. Uh, Be with us in our family gatherings with friends as we spend time together. Pray that there be a buoyancy about our communities. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.